0: You're listening to the most dangerous show in Texas, Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, it is now Fight Night. Welcome to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. I'm your host, Eddie Cross. You can find me on Twitter at EddieExperience, one E in the middle. Joining me as always, he is so much more decisive than San Diego State, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan. Have you heard your old rival San Diego State might be leaving the Mountain West, but they're not sure where they're going yet. So they're like, no, 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 we're just telling you that we might be leaving. Don't kick us out yet. And the Mountain West is like, goodbye. And yeah, Bye, I did. Alicia, get gone.
1: I did not know that. I had not heard that. And uh, nor am I surprised, right? I mean, no one wants to be in the Mountain West, so I could see why oh, you would Jordan. want to leave. Come on.
0: It would be cool to end up in the Big Twelve, though. That Those would be, be some cool uh, trips. Yes.
1: All right, Eddie. You can follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. It is great to see you, and uh, Eddie. This is this is the end of an era. This is the last time I'm going to see you with this background. This is the end of my COVID apartment. I moved into
0: this place in April of 20. Or was, was it early May? End of April, early May of 2020. It's all a blur. Yeah, it, it really is. And it feels like I just got here. I mean, the last three years have flown by with, like, nothing to show for it because, you know, sat home for so long. COVID just been weird. And now maybe kind of back to a normal world, going into the office more often. I'm gonna, getting a new place and shedding the, uh,
1: the raggedy skin of this place like a, like a snake. So you're saying that there's a possibility, Eddie, that we actually might do this in person. Ooh, in person. Would your wife allow me up there? I know
0: during COVID she didn't she didn't want anyone coming in.
1: That's not true, Eddie. You were always okay. Welcome. She didn't want me coming in. That's not true either. You didn't want to come in. You were you were sequestered. I was out here living my life. You were up sequestered in this apartment. I was right, I was gallivanting around the uh, the country, if you remember.
0: All right, let me just admit it. You got kids. I have kids. Kids are, kids. kids are dirty. Yes. Kids are nasty. Have you seen my Instagram stories?
1: No, I don't follow <laughs> you on Instagram. <laughs> you jerk. I barely, uh, well, you barely know you.
0: I'm hilarious. Anyways, kids, diseases. I get it. I, I, get was, it. Already, I was already a germaphobe before COVID, and that just amped it up like five times.
1: Yeah, so don't, don't try to blame this on my wife, Okay. It was you. She'll never know. Uh, Eddie, so, uh, but no, now COVID's over. You can, now you're moving up here. We, we should try at least, you know, once every couple months to do this in person. Well, I'm still
0: waiting on an invitation to your hot tub. Yes. But now there's 100 degrees outside. Uh,
1: I'll wait. Yeah, you, you can just spend time in the pool. So, uh, Eddie, let me, let me tell you where you don't want to spend time. I'm afraid of what will happen to me in your backyard. Let me tell you, what you do, where you don't want to be. You don't want to be in the pond. All right? Let me that tell sounds you, normal. Let me no, tell you what happened really this weekend. So I and I sent you a video of this earlier, uh, Eddie. Yeah. I was uh, so we were. Uh, I was out in my. We have a little pond in the house. We've got one little koi fish in it, and I was just uh, one. We have one. We used to have five. I don't know where the other four are. Uh, is he named Eddie? No, he is not named Eddie. Uh, Come
0: on, man.
1: So he, uh, one of our chickens is named Eddie, though. Uh, wow, I'm just kidding. I, I wouldn't even do you that service. No, but I. uh, So I was in the pond. It, Our water, the, the little waterfall in the pond was not running the right way that I thought it was. And so I was in the pond. I was going to kind of clear off some of the algae on the on the on the on the filter that would that okay. pumps it to the water. And I'm in the water, and Marlo, my wife, she says, "Oh my gosh, I just saw a snake." And so I jump out of the water immediately because A, I don't want to get bitten by a snake because that would be terrible. Yes, and and I don't know what kind of snake it is, and so and once and so I, I get up and I see the snake, I see his head pop up, and so and this I, to remind
0: people, Jordan is out there in the sticks of the hill country. You know how many acres are behind you? MP? Uh,
1: well, I mean, acres behind me, there's lots, right? I mean, yeah,
0: there's like a green belt behind you.
1: Sure, we we could call it a green belt, uh, Eddie. If there's I mean, there's snakes out here, right? And so I finally I I get a look at the snake. I say, okay, it's it's got some, it's got an orange stripe. On his back, so we determine that it's either like a ribbon snake or a garter snake. Either way, we're sh- we're sure that this is not a poisonous snake, and but I'm not able to get it. But the problem is, is that once you know that there's a snake there, I have to get rid of it now. So now I'm like looking through yeah. the rocks, and I'm like, I- I've got to find this thing. And finally, we we pull up a little, uh, we pull up a rock, and there's the snake sitting, kind of coiled together, and. It starts to move away, and so I, I get brave enough. And, and let me tell you, I have never grabbed a snake uh, that's just out in the open before. I get brave <laughs> enough, and I grab the snake, and I pull it up by its tail. And so I'm holding the snake, and and like I've seen people do in videos, I'm holding it, and I'm trying to say, okay, and I know that like you should be holding the snake by the head. That's the best way to do it. But I, I at this point, I'm like, I have no idea how to get to that point. And, but I'm starting to lose the tail a little bit. like As he's kind of wriggling around, the snake, like the tail, I'm losing it. And then he starts coming and striking up at me, and yeah. I freak out. And with the strike up, I kind of fling my hand, and in turn, I fling the snake. And he goes up in the air and then lands on my shoulders, <laughs> to which I quickly, quickly pulled him off. Uh, and then we were able to grab him, and I got, and I sent you the picture of the snake and me. I was holding him by his head. And uh, so I walked down the, the road a little bit and, and I, I let him out. I didn't kill the snake. The snake is good for, uh, for rodents and other things, the, the other creatures. Uh, but I did uh, did have, a, have an encounter with a snake. I, are you, I don't know if you could call me a snake charmer, uh, but I was definitely uh, uh, more brave than I've ever been with a snake.
0: Is that the fastest, you, fastest you've ever moved in your life? I mean, you saw, the, you
1: saw the video of me flinging that snake <laughs> off me as fast as possible. Uh no, it was uh, it was definitely nerve wracking. Dude, I'm nervous for you. Yes. Just hearing the story, I'm all anxious inside. I'm like, whoa. That and was that was the worst part, was the, the snake on my shoulders.
0: Yeah. No, I'd be killing some snakes, man.
1: <laughs> so no, I mean
0: So I, Yeah. Note to self when I go out to Jordan's place, bring a hatchet.
1: Good news. I got the snake. I got rid of him. And uh I I mean, I brought him down to someone else's property and, and let him go there. So <laughs> Uh, you would yeah that night uh, and, and the reason we don't have a fish that night uh, on my cameras I'm just this this raccoon uh, in the pond looking at the pond like drinking out of the pond definitely uh, he's got to be the reason why I don't have other fish in there. Oh uh, fox yeah, and you, need raccoon. A, you need a raccoon fence we have a, a fence little, down that's pond. not gonna stop a raccoon so no. never mind yeah uh, Eddie so uh, you and I both watched the Flash last week what did you think yeah, dude now we want no spoilers. I was pleasantly- Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought
0: that was a really good comic book movie. They didn't um, confuse you too much with the multiverse. Like, I had watched the Flash TV show for a while until it just got too ridiculous. And sometimes they could go places that you just wanted to slap them. But this one, I thought they did a good job of showing it and explaining things. And it was also heartfelt, funny. And having Michael Keaton back as Batman was just awesome. Yeah,
1: I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the surprises. I don't think I knew anything besides like Michael Keaton was going to be in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know any of the other kind of surprises, so I was I was caught off guard, and, and I enjoyed each of those. And in the end, I thought it was good. I, I know Drake, my son, he he watches the Flash TV show, so I think he had hoped that uh, they had put him in here that they, he liked mm-hmm. him as the Flash. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a uh, I thought it was it was a fun movie.
0: Yeah, and I know that uh, the actor who played the Flash in the movie was it Ezra Miller, I yeah, believe, kind of a dirtbag. Yeah, he's had some uh, some personal issues in the last year or so, but I think that's far enough removed for me to not for that to not be like front of my mind when I watch it. And I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, I and If I, I there was a Flash too, I hope there's a Flash too. And honestly, I hope he's the Flash. I just wish there was more Supergirl.
1: Well, we'll we will leave it. We will leave it at that. So uh, she, she was low key hot. Yeah, Eddie, I uh, had a great Father's Day. The kids spoiled me, and uh, we had, yeah. uh, had had a wonderful day. Oh, congratulations! Yeah,
0: I had, I had a great night of Father's Day. Yeah, um, I actually no surprises. No, that, no
1: one came and told you that hey, you're a father.
0: No weird knocks on the door. No, good. good. That's why you got to keep moving. <laughs> uh, actually, it's funny. Saturday I thought was Sunday because Friday. I went out to a uh, happy hour for my buddy Victor's birthday. Happy yeah. birthday again, Vic. And watched fights. And there was like Bellator and PFL on. So my mind like tricked me into thinking that that was Saturday. So I wake up Saturday thinking it was Sunday. And I was a little confused for a while. It's literally, Sunday night, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, now I'm going to, it's almost, uh, it's a little after seven, I'm going to turn on Raw. And there was no Monday Night Raw. Not yet. And I'm like, like, oh yeah. Today's
1: Sunday, and I have Monday off. Oh, I guess
0: I better get to clean it.
1: Yay. You got work to do. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's a great place to start. Let's talk. Bellator 297. Uh, Vadim Nemkov defeats Yoel Romero. Uh, Romero finally starting to show his age.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's still got the old man power. He's still pretty quick, but he is not quick enough. To Handle someone like Vadim, Nem, Vadim Nemkov,
1: yeah. You know, he didn't have much for Nemkov at all. I mean, he, he even tried to rope and dope him a little bit, right? He was trying to pretend <laughs> that he was uh, uh, he was more gassed than he was. Nemkov did not fall for it at all. And uh, was he gassed or was he drunk? I heard a couple of people call it the
0: drunken master uh trick. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> if you didn't see
1: it, go back and watch. Was it a third round or so where he started doing that? Yeah, I mean, he's just all over the place, kind of like. Kind of like he's falling over himself, pretending. You're like, what is what is going on? Like Anderson Silva times 10. Yeah. Uh, you know, despite the fact that, like, he wasn't able to put together a real offense, I, I guess, like, the positive, you could say, is that he didn't get finished. Uh, and and so, yeah. you know, Nemkov wasn't able to finish him. Uh, and, and what's what's unfortunate, right, is because he fought someone like uh, Yul Romero and, and an old, old man, Yul Romero, it doesn't really show us, right, where he is in the division or, or just in, right. in lightweight, in, like heavyweight in general. This didn't tell me what I needed to know. Is he better than the UFC champion, Jamal Hill? I think he could be. Is he better than uh, the former champion, yer Prohaska? I don't think so. But I think it's, this one just didn't tell me enough. I'm going
0: to agree with you on both those counts. But I'd, I'd like to see more from Jamal Hill. At this level, but yeah, I think Nemkov
1: would. I think he could probably beat them both. Maybe I don't know. That's the thing. This fight didn't tell me enough, though,
0: right? It it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, I was high on him before this, though. But yeah, this fight didn't give you anything.
1: And you got to think like, what's next for him, right? So, so Corey Anderson, he was ranked number one going to the fight. Well, We'll talk about him in a little bit, but he defeats Phil Davis. Uh, and so, but he just fought him last. He fought him in November of last year. Uh, Phil Davis is second. He obviously lost last uh, last uh, this weekend. Your uh, is third. He lost, you know, to the champion over the weekend. Maybe Johnny Eblen, the middleweight champion, could move up. I mean, he hasn't really earned the right to move up. I mean, it, it's Bellator. So, uh, you know, you don't have to. There's not a, there's not a huge number of guys you got to beat there. But you just look at the division. After that is Grant Neal, uh, who's eight and one. You got Alex Polizzi, who's ten and two. Uh, is 27 and one. Julius Anglicas, Luke Trainer, Carl Moore. I mean, it's just, you know, there's just not a lot of like options for, for Dean Nemkov where you really think like, oh man, he's going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah, this isn't going to be popular, but I think Corey Anderson should have, the, should get that trilogy because the first time they fought in the, uh, was light heavyweight, uh, in, Grand Prix. In,
1: in the finals of the Grand Prix.
0: Yeah, Corey Anderson had Nemkov's number, he had him, uh, it was it was like Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling. And then they, literally the same thing, they had a foul. Fight ended. Uh, no one won. So they had the rematch, and Corey Anderson was so sure of how he was, uh, how he had beaten up Nemkov the first fight. He didn't change anything. Meanwhile, Nemkov came in like a completely different fighter. You know, upped his wrestling game. Uh, his striking was always on point, And he just made... Anderson looked bad. So now I think there deserves there needs to be a third one to see exactly who's what and see the best of both guys. Because Corey Anderson, he came in very overconfident in the rematch and just thought he was just going to ride on what he did before. Yeah, I mean, I, you got to keep moving in this. Sport. I do you understand.
1: I do understand what you mean there, right? And we kind of said that going into that fight that I didn't think it was great for uh, Corey Anderson, that that fight went the way it did because we thought that, oh, Vadim Nimkov is going to have a chance to figure him out, and, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. Uh, let's it go is. to let's go to the co-main event. Uh, Sergio Pettis, man, you got to give that dude his flowers. I, I will be the first to admit I was wrong. I thought Sergio Pettis was going to lose. Uh, I thought he was going to lose the belt to uh, Pitbull, that Pitbull would become a three-division champion. Uh, but you know I what I think mean? we all did. I'm not and, – and, and Sergio Pettis thought the same thing too. After the fight, he came out and said that he thought he was going to lose. He actually told his girl. Uh, he said, I told my girl that, I, that if I lose, that it's okay if I lose to, to Pitbull, that, uh, that he's a legend here. And so he kind of had a little bit of doubt as well. Right. And it's one of those things where it didn't just
0: stick with him though. You know, he came in unsure of himself. But, you know, the fight started, and he just fought. He did what he does, and he did it well. And then at some point he realized, hey, this guy can't keep up with me. And his confidence just grew and grew, and you could literally see it happening during the fight. Like, he, we didn't know at the time how unsure he felt of himself, but you could see in the fight how, um, how just his confidence just grew. And he really, I hate to say outclassed Pitbull, but he, um, he definitely beat him easily. Anyone watching that fight could tell that Pettis won that fight.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, forty nine, forty six, fifty, forty five, fifty, forty five. Uh, he just, like you mentioned before, he just figured out, like he he had the confidence that he could beat him. That he had the confidence that uh, he was too fast for him. That he couldn't keep up with his speed. And and Sergio looked great. And, and so you got to be excited. Like, what's next now? That matchup between him and Patchy Mix uh, to unify the the uh, the title that was won at the Bellator Grand Prix finals. That is must see TV. Now. That's going to be a great fight. And, and I, I kind of we always thought like because even the fight that Sergio Pettis had against Kyoji Horiguchi, I, I want to say to win the title, he was losing the fight until he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this is a great fight for for Sergio to, to I mean, the, the biggest this is the biggest win of his career.
0: Yeah, it really is a, literally the greatest fighter in Bellator history. Sergio Pettis just beat with no controversy. That's huge. Now, there are weight classes for a reason. And Pitbull coming down all the way to 135 probably affected him a lot. But especially speed-wise, because normally he's, he's pretty fast. But 135 fast and 145 fast, apparently very, pretty different. But, yeah, this is a huge win. Um, probably the biggest win for the Pettis family since uh, Anthony beat Henderson
1: the second time. Well, I mean, it's a family affair for wins. You know, Pettis, uh, Anthony Pettis, he's the one guy that believed in his brother. He placed a, a $50,000 bet and uh, cashed Ooh. in almost uh, over 122 k So pretty awesome for uh, for Anthony Pettis. That's huge, man. All right, let's go to Corey Anderson versus Phil Davis. Eddie? Oh, do you really want to? No, I mean... I I, I, I hate to say you were right. I know. I called this one. You're right. I mean, I remember I remember we were talking about this and you were like, oh, that's exciting. And I said, you know what's not going to be exciting? Corey Anderson versus Phil Davis. And that's the only... I mean, that's the problem, right, is that... We kind of knew which way this was going to go. And, and Phil Davis doesn't make for the most exciting fights anymore.
0: Well, yeah, he's, uh, he's hard to hit, and he wrestles a lot. and But I just knew that their wrestling was going to cancel each other out, and they'd end up in a striking war. And no, they just were hell-bent on wrestling each other. And um, it was just kind of a, one of those things you don't pay as much attention to and
1: just waiting for it to be over. I mean, it is what it is. There, uh, I, I think the most important thing, or is the uh, is Jamal Hill and Corey Anderson, you know, going back and forth on uh, on Twitter. That was the uh, that was the most exciting part for Corey Anderson for the weekend. Uh, you mentioned that you wanted Corey Anderson uh, to fight for the title. Sure, uh, I, I mean, think that's just
0: the best bet while the the rest of the division division works itself out. Yeah, uh,
1: I mean, either way, I, I don't uh, I don't love it, nor would I pick Corey Anderson in a trilogy with uh, with Vadim Nemkov. So.
0: No, but at least all the controversy would be uh, set, uh, sure. set, set aside. Sure, fair enough.
1: All right, I, I, let's jump over. Let's go to UFC on ESPN. Uh, you had Jared Cannonier defeat Marvin Vittori, a unanimous decision. Great first round from Marvin Vittori, but after that, it was all Jared Cannonier. So much, in fact, that he set a record for the most significant strikes in the middleweight division. He landed 241 significant strikes in that fight. Dude, that is not good for Marvin Vittori. I mean,
0: to take 240 significant strikes. And they are bombs.
1: Like, Jared Cannonier yes, he used he's the killer gorilla a, for a reason.
0: Yeah, he used to be a heavyweight. And this guy's got power on power, but apparently not enough to even slow down Marvin Vittori. I mean, you need to re-nickname him the Italian zombie.
1: I mean, that's that, true, right? I mean, Vittori, he proved that he's durable. He proved that he's tough. Um, Too durable for his own good. But he's not a slouch, right? I mean, Vittori landed 150 strikes in the fight himself, significant strikes. So you got to think that although Kananir looked great, the problem is that he also allows himself to get hit. And so if you do go against a guy like an Israel Adesanya, a Robert Whitaker, or I know he's not in the division anymore, but Alex Pajera, you're asking to get knocked out if you're going to let yourself get hit so many times.
0: And so, I think also, though, it's good that now it seems like he's willing to walk through the fire to get what he wants, because standing on the outside against someone like Adesanya isn't going to work for you either. So you may as well just go in there and uh, go balls to the wall, and see what
1: happens. Yeah, I get it. But I mean, the fire is different, right? The fire is different when you're fighting those top those top guys. It is. But hey, no pain, no gain. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jared Kaner. I mean, like we said, he looked great. He he withstood the uh, getting wobbled by Vittoria in the first round, came back. And look great the rest of the fight. Uh, he was actually asked about, you know, what's next? Because he's in a weird spot. So he is ranked. He's going to be ranked third after this fight. Uh, he was fourth going in. Vittori is third. Uh, only above him is you have the champion, Israel Adesanya. You have Robert Whitaker. And then you have Poetan, Alex Paheda. We know mm-hmm. that Pajeta is out. He's, he's in the, the light heavyweight division. He's fighting Jan Blachowicz. That's at UFC 291. Uh, So we'll see how that fight goes. If he loses that fight, maybe he comes back down to middleweight, and he's right there in in the top five there. Uh, And then Whitaker versus Drikus Duplassus is the number one contender's fight. So you wonder, how does Jared Cannonier get back to the title? He's only two fights away from fighting Izzy Last. He fought Sean Strickland, and now this fight against Marvin Vittori.
0: That's a good question. And he said he won't fight down because someone asked him about um, welcoming um, Hamzat to to the division. He's like, is there a number by his name? Is he is that gonna get me a title fight? If not, I'm not interested.
1: So so I think I think he, he I don't think he said that he wouldn't fight Hamzat. He, he said if it got him to the title shot. Yes, it would. I, he said, look, I have to have a conversation with Dana or Sean, match Dana White, Sean Shelby, the matchmaker. And if mm-hmm. that fight, they said, Hey, you beat Hamzat, you get a title fight, then yes, I would fight right. him. But other than that, like why? And and if you honestly look at the division, that makes a hundred percent sense. I would, yeah, I works. would have no issue with Hamzat walking in. Who Hamzat is? What, what what's Hamzat ranked? I think he's ranked what second or third in the welterweight division. Uh, he's ranked fourth, so he is ranked fourth in the welterweight division. I would have no issue whatsoever with Hamzat walking in to fight the number three ranked Israel or the number three ranked Jared Cannonier and the winner gets a title shot down the road. Right? I mean, no, I have no issue with that at all. I actually like that fight.
0: I mean, the winner should literally be next after, uh, well.
1: Whitaker. Actually, pluses.
0: Wh- Whitaker, yeah. yeah. If Whitaker's going to get the shot, yeah. The, the winner that should be next. And if that happens, I'm all for it. But I completely understand Kennanier saying that, you know, I'm not fighting down.
1: No, I, I get that. But it's, but it's not. But I'm okay. It's not fighting down, right? But if I think that you could totally say, let's have Hamzat fight Jared Kennanier in October in Abu Dhabi, and the winner gets the title shot, because the plan as of today is that Izzy is going to fight in September when the UFC goes to Australia. And the idea is that it's Whitaker versus Duplessis. Now, if I was Jared Cannoneer, I would stay ready in case, you know, because July 8th to middle of September, not a ton of time. And so if either of those guys can't go, you want to be there. Now I know Izzy has said that, Hey, I don't, I don't want to fight repeat guys. So maybe the UFC goes with Sean Strickland. If he does get past, uh, is it uh, yeah. Abu Supi and Magomedov? That fight's happening on July 1st. Uh, but uh, the only reason they would go with that is because Izzy has said he wants new opponents. Well, that's what happens when you're a dominant champ. You clear out the division. Yeah. Sometimes you got to do repeats. You got to, yeah. It's you called gotta. being king of the mountain. Yeah. I totally Love agree. It. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh, but I would just stay ready if I was Jared Kananir. Or I would take, or I would get that Hamza fight and, and be said, hey, if you beat Hamza, that's, that should be the number one contender fight if Hamza's really coming to middleweight.
0: If he's, I wish he'd do something. Yeah, he should What's be fighting in Abu Dhabi. Fought? It's
1: been Sheesh. a bit, but he should be fighting in Abu Dhabi. That's, that's what we're hearing. Yeah, almost, start almost starting to believe he doesn't exist. And the last fight was the Kevin Holland <laughs> fight, right? That was the, supposed to be the Nate Diaz fight, the Kevin Holland fight. Uh, in the co event, it was uh, Armin Sarukin versus Joaquim Silva. Third round TKO. I've been saying it for a while, man. Armin is the real deal. Uh, I know that Silva is not the most decorated opponent, though. Uh, but it showed that uh, that Armin is a threat, right? This was a short-notice fight. He was supposed to fight Henato Moicano. Uh, Armin looked fantastic in the first round, had four minutes, over four minutes of uh, of control time. But in the second round, he got rocked. But he did have the wherewithal. If you saw that, I mean, he very quickly, went for the takedown, was able to finish the round on top. Uh, but in that, in that third round, man, Armin came out like a man possessed. He took him down right at the end of the first minute. And you could see that he was more aggressive. He was in control uh, and got the finish and definitely made a statement there. You
0: know, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time in history that two Armands have won on the same UFC card.
1: I don't. I'm not going to doubt you, Eddie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't doubt me. I'm, I'm pretty good with this stuff. Um, but yeah, Armin Surikin, like you said, he's the real deal. And it's going to be fun to see where he goes from here. Yes, yeah,
1: so we called out Michael Chandler or Benil Dariush. I like either of those fights, actually. Uh, do you have the quote? I don't.
0: Oh, okay. Or you say something like, we both know that Irish guy isn't going to fight. Okay, so, yeah. The uh, McGregor
1: fight is, is going to fall out, and so I would knock him out anyways. Uh, but he did yeah. say, so he said that, look, he's won seven of his last nine all in the UFC. His two losses are to Matus Gamrat by decision and to Islam Akachev. That was in, in Armin's uh, UFC debut that came on just three weeks' notice. Uh, he's ranked eighth in the division, and he has had a hard time. Like People don't want to fight Armin Sarukian. And uh, and so he did call out Chandler or Dariush, I like both of those fights, and it's not a huge step up on the rankings, right? He's already ranked eighth.
0: Yeah, and he's got a great point about Chandler too, because we talked about last week. Um, we don't know if Connor's actually going to be coming back this year. No,
1: I mean, is he in the? Is he in the testing pool? We have no idea. He needs to be. But I we haven't don't
0: know. heard. Yeah, he needed to be in by Friday. Yeah, and I didn't hear about him getting in. So by now, he's going to have to have a waiver. And did you hear Mark Hunt chimed in? I said, "Hey, why don't you just give him a waiver like you did that animal, Brock." Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> he couldn't tag his right Instagram. It was fun. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Surikian, good win. Yeah. Uh, Armin, Armin Petrosian also had a good win. Yeah.
1: Uh, Pat Sabatini, he got a, a good win. Emmanuel uh, Torres, man, did you see the uh, that elbow? And then the You Can't See Me that oh, he pulled?
0: God. That right there tells you, and we'll touch on it later, why no boxer stepping into a cage. Yeah.
1: Uh Carlos Hernandez got the finish with one wow well, almost got this finish with one second left. Uh, he ends up throwing uh his opponent and uh, but they they called that it was a clash of heads and they said it was an inadvertent clash of heads and they ended up scoring the fight to that point. It literally was one second left in the fight uh It would have been a shame had Hernandez not been winning the fight already I mean he won pretty hands down all's end all's well and ends well in this fight yeah. but it was close i mean if, if it had gone the other way that would have been a, a disaster because you know like dominic cruz and those guys are saying like it it was just it was a wrestling move it wasn't a it wasn't a like it and his head he could have been knocked out from the uh, mm-hmm. from the hitting of his head on the canvas not the uh, the inadvertent clash of heads it's possible
0: but yeah um luckily it ends up being a non story but it's not the first time in history that's happened. We look back to Rampage, one of his uh, most famous slams, that same oh, yeah. thing happened. So uh, it's just one of those things. Hopefully, you just got to hope that the refs see it in time and uh, count it correctly.
1: Because yeah. it's one of those things that would be easy to miss with it being such a dynamic move. Yep. Uh, one other fight I want to mention. So uh, Keith Peterson, the ref, he stopped Speaking the fight the when he thought he saw a tap from Ronnie Lawrence. In a, in a guillotine choke. Uh, Lawrence's hands was up, but he didn't tap. Uh, Peterson grabbed his hand and, then, and, and said that he saw him tap. And, like, you could see, like, he hit his hand. And when he hit his hand, like, it looked like Lawrence was, like, trying to pull his hand away from him. And, like, that looked like a tap, too. So he said, oh, you tapped twice. Uh, obviously, Dominic Cruz was on the call. And Dominic Cruz does not <laughs> like does not like uh, uh, Keith Peterson. So we had a lot of crazy things to say. It ends up being hey, a no contest. Dominic
0: uh, surprisingly professional. Well, he
1: has to be, right? Uh, ends up uh, a no contest for either fighter. And it just sucks for both of them, right? They don't get a win bonus. Maybe, you know, Argueta was going to win that fight in a few moments. He had him in a guillotine choke. It seemed like it seemed like Lawrence was okay, but you never know, right? Uh, maybe they run it back. Yeah. And I think, watching the replays, I think I see what Peterson saw.
0: As in, you know, uh, they go to lift the hand to see if you've uh, got anything uh, left in you. And if it drops down, you know, they call it. It seemed like, when he let go of his hand, when Peterson let go of uh, Lawrence's hand, it dropped real quick. And I think, well, to me, that's what he saw: like the hand dropped so fast, like you've got nothing, uh, nothing in you. You know, like you lift it up. Yeah, you like the opposite of the hook. You're talking
1: thing. like a classic WWE move when you're you're slumped on the ground. Uh, but Lawrence's hand was in the air. It wasn't. It wasn't something, down. It was like almost about to. It was like it was like on like the verge of tapping. And yeah. you don't pick up the hand when it's already in the air to test if, he, if, if he's got power. He's already, he's already holding his hand above the ground. Well, it's like
0: maybe because he, he looked like he was about to tap but then he just like kind of froze. He's like, oh, is he out? Let me check. And he picks up the hand and the hand just drops. But the hand came right back up. Yeah, it was a but bad call. the fact that it dropped, I, I thought that was what made him call it. And you want to feel like he's making that mistake um, with good intentions for the good of the fighter. But missing out on what 12 20 grand. Yeah, it's about good for the fighter.
1: Yeah. All right, let's but go to rough. PF. Yeah, let's go to PFL 5 real quick Eddie. Uh, we had Laura Larissa Pacheco. She defeated Amber Leibrock quickly. She seals up the top seed. Uh she was dominant, man. She she looked fantastic. Uh she looks like she's on her way to repeat as the champion here. Uh
0: correction. This will be her second weight class championship. Sure, if that's she wins.
1: true. This is the, last year was at one fifty five. So you're right.
0: That's right. So she could uh, she could be pulling pulling a champ champ because she will be the forever one fifty five champ. Yeah. So yeah, uh,
1: give Larissa her due, man. Um, L- yeah, Larissa, yeah, she you're was right. That should have been should have been the main event. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, the the, the main event was uh, Antedalecia guys, two guys who didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, like, even I know with a they're win. heavyweights,
0: so. I know they're heavyweights, but. Neither one of them is com- is coming off a championship season. Okay, yeah,
1: No, I totally agree. It should have been Larissa Pacheco. Uh, Biagio Ali Walsh knocked out Travell Miller just 90 seconds. Uh, Three-minute fire runs. in his hands, man. Yeah, he, he looks good. Uh, Aspen Ladd got her first win in the PFL, but it's a little too late. Uh, she did get the win, and, and she was announced like during the broadcast that she had clinched the playoffs, only yeah. to see like hours later that uh, – no, she actually did not. She had the tiebreaker loss uh, and to Alona Kolesnik, and so Kolesnik gets the uh, – Gets the tiebreaker, and she moves into the playoffs. And that's tough because uh, Klesnik had missed weight before,
0: which yeah. cost her a point. But she actually won both of her fights, whereas Aspenland um, Aspen Ladd And head-to-head. Head-to-head
1: on head head with Aspenland, too. She had the win. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Goltsov and and Ferrer both got first-round KOs uh, to clinch their spots. So so pretty exciting, good stuff at uh, at PFL.
0: Oh, and Dennis Goltsov. Did you yeah. see him? Dude,
1: 18 seconds. Bro, that dude's got power in his hands. Yeah, that was impressive. So, Eddie, that's PFL5. That is UFC on ESPN 47 and Bellator 297. Guys, you're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn. HornFM.com. We will be right back.
0: It's What's Up With That? Woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a
1: big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on what's up with that? ooh wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? ooh wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that?
0: Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. I'm Eddie. That's Jordan. And Jordan, it really is amazing the things you find once you start packing to move. I found an old Roku stick, an old Chromecast, and an old Fire Stick. All in, my, in one drawer. At the same time, over the air antenna. I,
1: I, hope, in the same place. I hope you got rid of all those things. You don't need them. Don't move them with you.
0: I'm getting rid of about... Two or three of them. Okay. Updating the Roku stick as we speak. But speaking of weird things you find, Jordan, Friday night, we somehow found the two baddest men on the planet in the same place at the same time, but they weren't fighting. John Jones and Francis Ngannou faced off at PFL Friday in Atlanta, What's up with
1: that? Yeah, that, that definitely wasn't on my bingo cards of things that I would see happen at uh, yeah. at PFL. Uh, but John Jones was in Atlanta to, t- to corner his teammate, Maurice Green, uh, who lost in the main event. Uh, but after the fight, you saw uh, PFL actually posted this online. Uh, they said that the face-off that you were all waiting for, John Jones... And Francis Ngannou went head-to-head, and uh, and they actually shared their video. Uh, John Jones, they they both, for the most part, they're pretty respectful, right? Hey, you don't want the smoke. No, you don't want the smoke. Uh, John Jones saying, hey, uh, we could have made this happen, but you left. Francis is like, well, you took three years. And John saying, well, I needed three years to to put on the muscle so I could beat you up. And uh, so the guys went back and forth a little bit. And, and obviously at the end, he's like, hey, don't let the machine ruin you. And uh, John was like, respect. So... Uh, Eddie, we're never going to see this fight. It's never going to happen. I'm over it now. Yeah, it could be
0: put together so easily, but Dana won't, uh, his ego, and the UFC's ego won't let them do it, co-promote with PFL to have this fight happen. Because if Francis knocks him out, that just ruins the UFC title. But PFL is willing to take that chance. We know it, but it's not going to happen. So
1: let's just move on. Well, first off, let's just be honest. Like, it doesn't take much for the PFL. That's not really a big chance for the PFL. Like, you get so much, even if if John Jones just steamrolls, Francis Ngannou, you get so much publicity from from being with the UFC and tying yourself. I mean, it's, it's a it's a win win no matter what for for the PFL. So it's not the same thing, I, I think, if you're looking at especially
0: if them. it headlines a PFL event. But speaking of John Jones, uh, Tyson
1: Fury has said the UFC has sent him a contract to face uh, Bones. What's up with that? Yeah, so Tyson Fury was in a Twitter Spaces uh, this over the weekend and said that the UFC sent him an offer for a hybrid rules fight. Against John Jones. He also said that there's talks of a hybrid fight with Ngannou as well. Says he's having trouble actually getting a boxing opponent. So maybe he might be turning to an MMA fighter. I don't know. Um, let me tell you, Jordan, there is no way in
0: hell that Tyson Fury is stepping inside a cage. Okay. The UFC's calling his bluff uh, because it's a win-win for them. They know John would win in a cage fight and they would make lots of money. So why not try it?
1: Eddie, I disagree.
0: And- I disagree
1: with you. I actually do think... Which way? ...that Tyson Fury is going to be stepping into a cage. Uh, and you say there's no way in hell. Well, I think, think there's a no way arrested? in hell. It's going to be in a hell in a cell at WrestleMania. <laughs> That's the only way that happens.
0: <laughs> actually, that, that could actually happen. Uh, I'd, I'd bet on him being more outside it, though. But Dana's just going to gloss over the whole gimmick fight statement he made about Francis like it never happened. Um, but really, in this case, Tyson's mouth... Wrote a check that his ass can't cash. And, but he's not stupid. If he does ever face an MMA opponent, it's going to be in boxing. And he's just—he's probably just using this as leverage to get some other sucker to give him even more favorable uh, terms for his next boxing match. And when he does announce that next boxing match, he'll just gloss over this like it never happened. And the only people upset about it will be MMA fans. And the boxing world and ESPN and the rest will just move on. And I'm sorry to my friends at work who keep saying that it's going to happen, but it's
1: not. You know what else isn't going to happen? Bigfoot Silva retiring, Jordan. What's up with that? Yeah, so we talked about this uh, uh, you know, a while ago. Bigfoot Silva said he retired back in December. Uh, but then he decided that he was going to come back. So he came back once. And then last week, he fought. He had a decision loss to Salim El-Osadi at Kingdom Fighting 1. Uh, he's on an 11-fight losing streak across all of like combat sports. Uh, but on Instagram, he said that uh, he's coming back again. He doesn't believe he actually lost the fight. And he wants to rematch. That, that's kind of the sad news here of what up with that.
0: You know, is there anyone who'll listen to that'll tell him to hang it up? Like his last decade has been pointless, Jordan. Like, why does he keep going? And does your wife say the same thing about us doing this? She does. Let's be honest. She's probably laughing at you right now. Yeah. But speaking of retirements, Jordan. Anderson Silva may be in
1: talks for one final MMA fight. What's up with that? Yeah. So Anderson spoke with MMA fighting last week. Uh, he was at a film festival for a movie called Murder City that he's in. Uh, he oh, said he's filming in. two movies right now. Uh, and he's in talks with Japan for a possible last MMA fight. Said he started his career the, the there. Whole country? I don't know. He's in Japan. So uh, he started his career there. And he says now he could finish it there. He couldn't say who he's negotiating with. Only that he's receiving multiple offers. Any interest, That's Eddie, a- for you?
0: If they give him some youngster that he can pound into the sand, maybe. And Ryzen would possibly do that. But really, I'd rather just see Anderson Silver the action star. Him being like the next Jackie Chan. Because his fights were like action movies. You know, his moves were so great, it was almost like they were choreographed. So that would be fun to see, but I don't, I don't want to see him in a cage again. Or a ring. Just movies would be good. Murder City? Sounds fun. Sign me up. Now, Jordan, Scott Coker was asked this week about the potential
1: sale of Bellator. What's up with that? Yeah, so Nolan King of MMA Junkie, he spoke with Scott prior to the fights last week and asked about the sale, and Cooker said that Bellator has been looking to take on a partner and uh, and that Viacom has been working on a deal. He did confirm, though, that the PFL is one of the companies they have had conversations with, and they're hoping for some clarity within the next 60 to 90 days.
0: Yeah, a partner, I'm doing air quotes, just like Liv is a partner to the PJ, and totally didn't just buy them outright. But hey, man, the championship unification fights, those would be great. Jordan, and um, here's one for you. Do you do those championship unifications all in one night, kind of like they do now PFL style and around Thanksgiving, or do you spread them out as main events to separate cards? I mean,
1: I think you have to spread them out because you know once they're done, once you, once you lose that gimmick, then it's over, right? And so uh, then you just have subpar fighters. True.
0: What do you say? Maybe they they end the PFL season, and then to start off the PFL season the next year, in like April, they do they start the unification bouts, spread them out along the cards, and then the champions get a buy into the playoffs so they don't have to uh, fight even more fights that year. How about that?
1: I think you're thinking way too far into this.
0: Man, I am into it. I, you know I love it when there's a lot of gold on the line. Now, uh, while we're talking about promotions... Khabib Nurmagomedov held his first Eagle FC event since December, since December over the weekend, and now we all wish we were
1: there. What's up with that? Yeah, so Eagle FC 52, Eddie, on the side of a hill in Dagestan, and uh, it looks like a pretty interesting uh, you know, way to watch a fight where you're just kind of sitting on grass. Uh, but I mean, it was, it's great to see, uh, Eagle FC 52 come back. You know, we, you know, we had, you look at these guys, it's a bunch of, uh, you know, Magomedovs and Ibramagevovs and, uh, Kalevs <laughs> and, uh, Agavovs and, uh, you know, not, not the, uh, they're definitely, you know, they're, they're catering to the audience here. So pretty fun over here at, uh, at Eagle FC 52. Yeah. And, uh, it's a little better than Jordan said. They weren't all just sitting in the grass. They had bleachers and
0: stuff set into the sa- into the hillside. It kind of reminds me of Red Rocks. So now I want to see fights at Red Rocks. Yeah, that would be how cool would that be? be? That would be pretty fun. But but in the summer, just like Dagestan or Colorado, pretty cold. I'm not doing that. Uh, Jordan hit us with new fights.
1: All right, we got some bangers, Eddie. Jeff Neal versus Ian Machado, Gary UFC 292. Corey Sanhagen versus Umar Nurmagomedov. That's at UFC Nashville. Max Holloway versus uh, Korean Zombie. That's in Singapore. Cyril Ghosn versus Sergey Spivak at UFC Paris. And then Andrea Lee versus Natalie Silva. Eddie, that's new fights. That's what's up with that, guys. You're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn. Hornfm.com. We will be right back. Until next time. Hey, 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 hey. What's up with that? What's up with that? Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. That's Eddie. I'm Jordan. You can follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Eddie, this weekend the UFC is back on ABC, and they might have one of the best main events uh, for a for a non pay per view that you can get. You got Josh Emmett versus Ilya Tapuria. Uh, Tapuria is a featherweight main event. Uh, Tapuria just came off; he defeated, I mean, destroyed Bryce Mitchell. He's thirteen and zero. Uh, He's got wins over Jai Herbert, Ryan Hall, Damon Jackson. We all know that Josh Emmett looked great in that fight. Uh, You know, He had that fight against Calvin Cater uh, where he got the win, and then he did lose to Jared Rodriguez. Uh, But this is going to be a banger. I'm actually really pumped for this fight.
0: Yeah, I'm a big Josh Emmett fan. Uh, The dude's got a lot of power, a lot of heart. He's getting up there in age, so I guess maybe I feel that too. Also, he walks out to Revolution, so that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that, that's going to be fun. In the co-main event, you got Amanda Hibas versus Macy Barber. That's, a, that's an important fight in, in the women's flyweight division. Brendan Allen versus Bruno Silva. On the prelim card, how how they going to do that to Neil Magny? Neil Magny versus Phil Rowe, uh, headlining the, the prelim card, also on ESPN, but still. Yeah, maybe they need, him, they need Neil to push subscriptions to ESPN. I don't know how that works, but that's, that's, uh, it's on ABC, So uh, that's, and that's over the air. You could actually get well, those limbs with your SPL antennas. Uh, Eddie, uh, Randy Brown versus my guy, Wellington Terman. That'll be a fun fight. Uh, Tabitha Ricci versus Julian Robertson. Ooh. But that's not Mix, all. Miss ex, Mr. Cross, yeah. Yes, we also have PFL, uh, former UFC fighter, OAM, Olivier Aban Mercier, taking on Anthony Romero. So we got the lightweights and the welterweights uh, on yeah, uh, Shane Burgos coming back. the
0: current lightweight champ, OAM, current welterweight champ, Saddleboy uh, Sai, both uh, uh, working their way into the playoffs and a couple other former champs and other legit challengers to the title. So it's actually a pretty, bit, uh, pretty good banger for PFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got Clay Collard on there. You got Shane Burgos, Magomed, Magomed Karimov. Uh, so a fun fight. Deton Schulte, Carlos yeah. Leo, yeah. Yeah, fun fight there. And then uh, we got Ryzen happening, Eddie, but there's also some BKFC. Uh, yeah, Luis Palomino is defending his lightweight championship. Uh, Friday in Hollywood, Florida,
0: against James L- Lilly from Wales. And anytime Palomino's fighting, you're going to want to watch that. So I know what I'm going to be doing Friday while I'm packing. Nice. This I love I'm it.
1: Packing. Nice. Well, guys, stay tuned. you got sports guys talking wrestling coming up next. Stu Meyer and Justin Simmons are back. I hope we brought you that pork butt, Eddie, that you were hoping on uh, last he week. He did not. Uh, i that's so upset. That's disappointing. Follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, check us out. We will be back next week. Have a great week, guys. Keep safe, be nice to each other, stay
0: positive, and love your life. And if we ever didn't thank you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you, till we meet again.